Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Again, don't you realize that you can either speak death or life to your marriage, death or life to your relationships. You can speak death or life to your physical body. You can speak it. You can do it. So we tell you to uh, stop speaking what you have because when you speak only what you have, you, you cement that in your own life. You say, I'm, I'm so sick. I'm so this. And you continue to say that over and over and over and over and over. If nothing else, it gets into your mind. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with well, us and welcome at everybody our website here and welcome also online community that are gathering Kingdom from all around the world. Welcome, now, welcome, welcome, Teen Rockless. Welcome our online community. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Wherever you are and whenever you are watching and listening, uh, we want to say that we appreciate you guys so very much and thank you for being a part of our services today. We know the Lord has a rich and relevant word that will impact your life greatly. You know what? I want to give you also the opportunity to give, to give. Uh, we're doing a lot of things in the media, in our media area. And I want to ask you, let the Lord just in, impress upon your heart just to give one dollar. If everybody in our entire network would just give one dollar, just go to our website at kingdomrock.org and just give one dollar toward the media department. Can you do that? You say, I can give 10. Well, give 10. Praise the Lord. However the Lord leads you. But just give $1. If everybody just does their part, I tell you, we can go even further and further. And we thank you in advance. We love you guys so much. Well, today we want to go into a part number five of the series entitled Fake Church. Fake Church. You don't want to be a part of the fake church. You want to be part of the real church, the genuine church. And every week we have been endeavoring to distinguish a difference between what is real and what is fake. In this world today, this world needs the real church, the real body of Christ. Amen. All right. Last week we talked about watching your mouth. If you weren't there to or here to, uh, to, to listen to that and get in that word uh, I want to encourage you to make sure that you do and hear it again. Hear it again. Watch your mouth. Remember that you can either speak life or death to your life uh, through the words that you speak. But it is not enough for me to tell you to simply watch your mouth. You got to really watch your heart. The Bible declares that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So in order to watch your mouth, you've also got to watch your heart. What are you listening to? What you listen to gets in your heart. What you're hearing gets in your heart. What you see gets in your heart. So guard your heart and you will actually guard your mouth as well. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's go back into 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy, the third chapter. And let's just zoom all the way down to verse number five. And we'll start there again today. Remember, this is talking about the the end times, the the last days, which we're living in at this very moment. And in verse five says that there's going to be a fake church. Brother James, there's going to be a fake church. The Bible says we got to watch out for it. 
Verse 5 says again, now you can read the entire chapter when you get home, but let me just zoom down here to verse number 5, 2 Timothy verse five, third chapter, verse 5. It says, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. You don't want to be a hypocrite, don't want to be a fake. The world is very familiar of hypocriting people. I can't get no talking here. World is very familiar with that. The Lord says, stay away from people like that. Then we also went down to Proverbs, the Proverbs 14, Proverbs 14, 1. And it says, a wise woman builds her home, but a foolish, but a foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. We said that hands represents the things that you do. And it also the things that you say, because we know that you will always say before you do. Saying always precedes doing. You know, when they say, I'm going to bed. After a while, we're going to see you going to bed. I'm going to work. We always like to announce what we're going to do first. I'm going to get something to eat. I'm going to do this. You find yourself, before you do it, you always saying it. If you hear somebody say, I'm going to slap you back up. Because our words always precede our actions. Always precede our actions. We can't help it. That's just how we are wired. We always say and then we do. Always say and then we do. So a wise person will make sure that they build their house and not tear it down. You can tear your house down by what you say. Saying always precedes or always goes before our doing. Now, we also saw in, saw in Proverbs 18, Proverbs 18, verse 21, out of the Amplified Bible, it reads like this, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it, King James said they who love it, but here it says they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. What you say, I'm telling you, has a lot to do with it. And then we saw the words of the Lord Jesus in Matthew 12, verse 37. Matthew 12, verse 37. The Lord says here, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Again, don't you realize that you can neither speak death or life to your marriage, death or life to your relationships. You can speak death or life to your physical body. You can speak it. You can do it. So we tell you to uh, stop speaking what you have, because when you speak only what you have, you, you cement that in your own life. You say, I'm, I'm so sick. I'm so this. And you continue to say that over and over and over and over and over. If nothing else, it gets into your mind. And it tells your mind, it, your mind tells your body to begin to feel this way. And you don't want to, you don't feel like doing anything. Don't you know, like, uh, your thinking has a lot about to do with your feeling, how you're feeling. So we can curse our own lives by the words that we are saying. As we said before, the blessings of God are manifest. The blessings of God are, are coming forth. God loves you. God loves you. He loves you greatly. So the blessings are coming on one side, and we're sending cursings out on the other side. And it just gets all fouled up in the middle. 
The examples we gave you last week, you're going to find it difficult to drive with one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas. God steadily blessing you, but then we're steadily cursing with the words that we are saying. Now, we've been talking a lot about overcoming the enemy. A lot, of, a lot about overcoming the devil, and we're going to talk about that today, too. And a part of overcoming the adversary is that you stop agreeing with him. You must stop agreeing with him. Let's go to Revelation 12. Revelation 12. Let's, let's start here again. Revelation 12. Let's look at verse 9, 10, 11. I want you to see this. We were talking about the, the courtroom type of setting. And this is so true. Whether you believe it or not, it is extremely true that your life is in a courtroom. That the decisions, your life is hanging in the balance. And it's not so much what the father said or what the devil said. It's what you are saying that, is, that will actually uh, set events in motion in your life. Revelation, let me show you this. Revelation 12, verse 9. And it says this. It says, and the dragon and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser... Now, remember, we said uh, the accuser, the word accuser means a, a plaintiff, one who is building a case against you. Let me stop there for a second. One who hauls you into court and accuses you of something. You took um, my money. You took this or you said this, whatever. They're accusing you as a famous uh, celebrity couple in the courts right now as we speak today. And I think the case is almost over where the wife was accusing the husband and all this and that and the other. But it turns out this is a reverse. But anyway, people bring you into court accusing you of something. The devil brings you into court. God is the judge. Jesus is your attorney. I want to show you that again today. And the enemy is accusing you when God wants to bless you. Here comes the devil on the other side accusing you. Uh, they don't deserve that. They shouldn't have that. God wants to establish his will in your life, and the devil wants to derail the will of God in your life. But you are the deciding vote. Let's look at this. It says, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused, this, accused them before God, how often? Day and night. Day and night. Now listen to verse number 11. And they overcame him. Say it with me. And we overcame him. Listen, this is how you're going to overcome him. Uh, come, overcome who? The accuser. That other attorney that's filing up evidence against you. That's presenting evidence against you. Presenting your sins before God. How are you going to overcome him? The Bible says, and they overcame him by the what? blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies. And as a result of those two, they loved not their lives unto death. Now, I tell you again, the enemy, the devil, gains access into your lives through the power of agreement. When you set yourself in agreement with him, 
He comes to say, you don't deserve this. And then we go out through the day. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. He says, you'll always be sick. Father, he says before God, you know, they did this sin, so they deserve to be sick. They'll always be sick. He's accusing you of that. And then we go around saying, I don't know why, but I'm always be sick. I'll always, I'll never get better. I'll never get better. I'll never get better. So we begin to align our words with the enemy, with the prosecution. We say the same thing he says. Remember, out of the truth, out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So we go establishing the devil's will, Satan's will over us. We say it. We agree with it. What you agree with, who are you agreeing with? Who you agree with determines what happens in your life. Are you hearing? Now notice again that we overcame the devil. We overcame the, the accuser through what? The blood of the lamb, the word of their testimonies. And we were not afraid to die. That's what the last part says, not afraid to die. Let's look at the blood of the lamb. I want you to see this. How can we overcome the devil by blood, by the blood of the lamb? Now, this is very important that you, that you see this. Because blood speaks. Say with me, blood, blood. speaks. Now, we saw the first instance of this in Genesis the fourth chapter, Genesis 4, verse number 10. Look at this, Genesis 4, verse 10. And it says, this is God talking to Cain at this point. And he says, uh, what hast thou done? The blood of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Abel's blood cried out for vengeance. And that's what human blood does. That's what innocent human blood does. It cries out, vengeance, get them back for what they did to me. Are you hearing? You'll also find that same thing there in the book of Revelation as well. Revelation, uh, the sixth chapter, Revelation 6 and 10. This is what the prophets were crying out there in the heavenlies. Revelation 6, 10. It says, and they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true. Uh, doest thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Human blood cries out, get them back. Vengeance. Vengeance. But the blood of Jesus cries out for mercy and grace. Let's look at that. Let's look at Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verse number 24. Listen, Hebrews 4, this is, I want you to get this. I really want you to understand this. Hebrews 12, verse 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh. Notice that says, speaketh, or continues to speak, speaketh better things than that of Abel. The blood of Jesus speaks for you. So again, the Bible declares that we, the church, the body of Christ, will overcome our accuser. One way we're going to overcome our accuser is by the blood of the lamb, the blood that testifies for us. Jesus's blood was shed in the earth. You understand that, right? When he hung up on the cross, when they whipped him, when they beat him, 
his blood splattered and fell upon the ground. His blood then go back up to heaven. When somebody strikes you and your blood starts coming out of your body, your blood falls on the earth. Right? His physical blood fell upon the earth. The blood of Christ is still in the earth. It's in the soil. And it is blood, it's his blood that's a witness to God in heaven of his mercy and his grace toward mankind. The blood still speaks. Abel's blood cried out from the ground. Jesus' blood cries out from the ground. Abel's blood cries out, vengeance, vengeance. But the blood of Jesus cries out, mercy, 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 grace, forgiveness, mercy, grace, forgiveness. His blood is still here. I'm not sure we can ever go over to Israel and I'm not sure what you would have, what kind of device you would have to find or, or, or how thousands of years later, could you still find that blood somewhere down in the earth? And if you could find it, how much would it be worth, my Jesus? But his blood is still here. It is here naturally and it is also upon us spiritually. There are two witnesses, his physical blood and his spiritual blood. That are testifying before God on your behalf. It's the blood of Jesus that's speaking about you. So the devil is trying to curse you. Constantly curse you, curse you. But we overcame him by number one, the blood of the lamb. The speaking blood of Christ. That still cries out, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. You got that? That's the physical blood, physical blood of Christ that is still present. That's why I don't know why people want to go to hell. I have no idea when the mercy of God is so rich. It's so rich. It's so rich. Now, secondly, I want you to see, I want you also to understand the implications of his blood. This is how we're going to overcome the devil. This is how you're going to overcome the accuser. By understanding what his blood, what the blood of Jesus did for you. So I want to give you these following scriptures and I want you to take these down or make mental note of them or go back later and, and hear these recordings and really get into this because you're going to need to meditate on these words and understand what Jesus's blood did for you. So that when the enemy comes to accuse you once again. When you feel that pain hits you, when somebody turns up their nose against you, or when you see something else happen on the news, something else bad has happened. So many people died over here. God bless them and their families. So many people died over there and this and that. All these horrible things that are happening right now in these last days. You have to understand what the blood of Jesus has done on your behalf. And when you, you can rest in him and what he has done, then there comes a covering over your life. And there comes no agreement with the enemy. And the devil can't bring that into your house. Because you've been meditating on what Jesus has done for you with his blood. We overcome the devil, overcame the devil, overcame Satan and Lucifer. That old dragon by the blood of the lamb. What did that blood do? Let's look at this. Let's look at Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Let's look at this out of the Amplified Bible. Hebrews 10 verse 14. And it says, for by the one offering, 
He has, he talking about Jesus, he has perfected, notice the ED on that, he has perfected how long? Forever and how completely cleansed those who are being sanctified, uh, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. The blood of Jesus has forever perfected you, has perfected forever and completely cleansed you. Say with me, the blood of Jesus has perfected forever and cleansed me and completely cleansed me. Or we can say, I am perfected and completely cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So when the enemy comes to bring up your past, he comes to bring up your sins, the things that you've done, you have to declare when he, remember he's on the opposite side of the courtroom trying to condemn you, trying to curse you. You say, "Mm -mm, Jesus, by his blood, I have been perfected. I have been perfected and I have been cleansed, completely cleansed. So that those words do not land on your heart. Remember, we have to guard our heart. If those words land in your heart, you're going to begin to speak them out of your mouth. If the devil's cursings land on your heart, you're going to speak them out of your mouth. And once you speak it out of your mouth, you're going to agree with him. And now the mouths of two or three witnesses, every word will be established. That devil is one. He wants to make you two. And if you agree with him, you'll have that in your life. But God said he wants you to be spared during these evil times. He doesn't want you just to live. He wants you to thrive. You are called to be a showcase of God's glory. A showcase, a beacon of light and hope in this world, in this hopeless world. But that can't happen if you're still agreeing with the devil. You have been, the Bible declares, you have been perfected forever. And you have been completely cleansed. By the blood of Jesus. Look here again at, uh, let's go down further, Hebrews 10, verse 19. Listen to this. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Verse 21, and since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him for our guilt. Here's another thing that the blood of Jesus does for you. It says here, for our guilty consciousness... Uh, conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us what clean and our bodies have been what washed with pure water and look at verse number 23 let us hold tightly tightly let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we have to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Why does the Bible say hold tightly to it? Because the enemy is trying his, he's trying desperately to get you to see his narrative, how he said it went. You know, if you go to, let's say there's an auto accident somewhere, there's an auto accident somewhere and, and you have witnesses and, and one person would say this, another person would say that. 
you know, the, the judge will, is going to be inclined to believe the sheer number of witnesses. If you say that they hit you, but they say, no, your honor, we all saw that uh, he hit them. You know, the judge is going to be inclined to the number of witnesses. So, again, if we go back to the scripture, the devil's coming to say she did that. She deserves death. She is not clean. She is not clean. She is not right. But if we say, Lord, I'm going to agree with you. Your attorney, Jesus, the word of God is also a witness. And if you agree with your attorney and your attorney says, my blood has made them justified. My blood has redeemed them. My blood has cleansed them. They are holy. And if we say, I agree with him, judge. I am holy. I am righteous. Now, here's the thing. Both narratives can be seen as true. Because the devil can say, you're good for nothing. And we halfway believe it. The devil can say, oh, they, do, they don't deserve to be happy. They don't deserve to be happy. And we halfway believe it. And then we begin to say what he's saying. And then that is established. But the moment the judge hears the majority on the Lord's side, that word begins to be established. How the blood has cleansed you from guilt. Say with me, the blood of Jesus has cleansed me from guilt. He has cleansed my conscience from guilt. You got to hold tight to that. Hold tight to what the Lord has done for you with his blood. Hold tight to it. Don't let it go. Let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians 3 verse 12. Ephesians 3 verse 12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now, say now, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Now think about that for a moment. How can you go before a holy God who is absolutely holy? There is no darkness in him whatsoever. He's absolutely light. How can you, if you are full of sin and God hates you, how can you go before his presence boldly and confidently? Think about it for a minute. If you know you owe somebody money and you haven't paid them back, and say you owe them a few thousand dollars, and you find yourself in a tight again, can you go boldly in their presence? And knowing that you owe them and you haven't even called them to make arrangements with them? You just ghosted them. You got the money. You said you'd pay them and you didn't. And you just walked away. And now you need it again. And now you got to go before them again. Can you come in there boldly? Can you come? Hey, it's me again. Yeah, I need another five grand. No, you won't come like that. Now we know you did somebody wrong. You want to come in there? Oh. I, I, um, 
I know I owe you some money. And, and, and I know I told you I'd pay you back. But you know, you know how things work out. Yeah, yeah I know I didn't call you. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But, and I hate to say it again, but can I have another five grand? You say, what is the audacity? How are you going to ask me? But Jesus' blood is so perfect and so pure and so powerful that even though we have sinned, Jesus' blood comes upon us. And then he says he's, uh, he has forever perfected us and cleansed us in such a way we can go before God. Hey, Daddy. Confidently. Knowing is, no, it's like you never did anything wrong your entire life. He's cleansed you. He's made the way so perfectly. This is what the blood does. Makes you innocent in the sight of God. The blood of Jesus, say with me, the blood of Jesus makes me innocent in the sight of God. You got to hold on to that confession. Let's look at them. Let's look at uh, uh, Ephesians 5. Now, the Lord gives us this illustration of, a, uh, of marriage between a husband and a wife. And I want you to see this, what Jesus has done for you in this illustration. Ephesians 5, verse 25 says this, For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Is anybody a part of the church today? If you're part of the church of Jesus Christ, say amen. amen. Online community, say amen. I almost heard you. I did. I did. Say amen. Listen, if you're part of the church, this is how Jesus is treating you. That's one more time, verse 25. For, the, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. What did he do? He gave up his life for her. Didn't Jesus do that for us? To make her what? Holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Say with me, Jesus made me holy and clean. Jesus made me holy and clean. You got to be able to say that with boldness. Neither God's lying or he's telling the truth. Glory to God. I would rather live in faith than rather I would. Yeah, I would rather live in faith. Yes. But what I want to say, glory to God, is I would rather die in faith than live in fear. What if God's what if the blood of Jesus didn't do that? I would rather speak what he said. Speak what he said. If something happened, I get before him. I can say, Lord, I just say what you said. I'm just saying what you said. Glory to God. Are you with me? Listen, uh, verse 26, it says uh, to make her holy and clean, wash by the cleansing of God's word. Look at verse number 27. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without what? A spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be what? Holy and without fault. Now, I know what the devil is saying about you. 
I know what the world is saying about you. I know what your enemies are saying about you. I know their testimony against you. But what is God saying about you? God said that he has made you in such a way that you are without one spot, that you will have no wrinkle, that you have no blemishes, and that you are holy and without a fault. That's what the blood of Jesus does for you. It removes everything and makes you absolutely perfect in the sight of God. I don't believe that. Need another witness? Glad you asked. Let's go to Colossians. So glad you asked. See, I need another witness. Okay. I'm so glad you did. Let's go to Colossians, the first chapter, Colossians 1. Remember, while we're we going through this, the Bible says that we overcame the accuser, overcame the devil, overcame Satan, Lucifer. We overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And we know that his blood is speaking for us. There's agreement in the earth, physical agreement in the earth, because Jesus' blood was shed in the earth, physical agreement. And then he also took that spiritual blood with him into heaven, and he presented his blood on the mercy seat of heaven. There's agreement in heaven, and there's agreement in earth. All you've got to do is be the third witness. Yes, Lord, I agree. I agree with what the blood has done for me. Colossians, the first chapter, Colossians 1, verse 21 says this. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your what? Evil thoughts and actions. Was that the truth about us? Separated from God by our thoughts and actions. Look at verse number 22. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, I love this, as a result of what Jesus did, what happened? He has brought you into his own presence, and you are what? Holy and what? Blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Who are you going to identify with? And who are you going to believe? The Bible says that you are standing before God, holy, blameless, as you stand before him without a single fault. Verse 23, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. You must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Because I tell you, if the enemy can get a foothold in your thinking, making you think that you're worthless and less than nothing, then it's easier for him to get sickness into your life and get drama into your life. It's easier for him to get depression into your life and worry into your life and fear into your life because all those things lead, one thing opens the door to something else. But if you stand firm on what Jesus has done for you. Stand firm in his blood. Stand firm on the, on the deeds that he has done for you. On his righteousness. Stand firm on that. Then the enemy will not be able to get this stuff into your life. Remember the only reason that we keep repeating the same things over and over. Because we halfway believe it. 
We believe we'd never get better. We believe we'll always be sick. We believe we'll never, that life will never get better. We believe that we'll always be broke. We, we believe that nothing good is going to happen. And because you believe it, you say it. And because you say it and continue to say it, it continues to be uh, perpetrated in your life or permitted in your life over and over and over and over again. The Bible says we have to stand firm. He says, don't drift away. Verse 23 again, it says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you receive when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over, uh, all over the world. And I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Now, again, the Bible says we overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb. These are just a few scriptures of what the blood of Jesus has done for you. You're going to have to meditate in these. Commit these to memory. You're going to have to say them all over again. If you just let this be for this church service or for this video or audio, whatever you're listening to online community, if it stops here, your tempter will come again. The accuser will come again. And he wants to sow seeds in your mind of how bad things are. He'll use the media trying to say of how bad things are. Oh, gas prices are so high. How bad things are. Food shortages. How bad things are. Random shootings. How bad things are. How terrible the economy is this. And, and this is happening over there. He's trying to get his fear into your heart. And he does that through depression and self-condemnation. You're condemning yourself, thinking you're worth, worthless and worthless. Uh, worse than anything and you say these things he says it and then you agree with it and then it creeps right on into your life but if you say what the Lord says if you agree with Jesus agree with the word of God and if you declare his word over your life you're going to see his power beginning to unfold in you remember the Bible says that you're either justified or condemned by the words that you say. The power of life and death, the power of life and death are in your tongue. The Bible says again that we overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our one. The word of our testimony, your testimony is what you say. As you're on the witness stand, testify. You've seen on TV uh, the attorney will say, judge, I've got another uh, test, another person, another witness, another um, person who's going to testify on behalf of the plaintiff, on behalf of them. They're going to sit there and testify. They're going to speak. What are you saying? Well, you overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by what you say. You see what Jesus has done. Now, what do you say about it? What do you say and what are you continuing to say about what he did? That's how you're going to overcome the enemy. What are you going to say about it? Let me show you a few more. Then we're going to close out. Let me show you how this actually works out. You've seen this many times in the book of Luke, Luke, the fourth chapter. Let's go to it again. Luke four, verse three and four. This is when the devil is tempting Jesus. How a, what is a wonderful illustration of this. Luke four, verse Luke, chapter four, verse three says this. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, 
See, accusing him, right? If you are. I doubt if you're really the son of God. Accusing him of not being who he is. This is what the enemy does. He says, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Verse number four, how does Jesus respond? Jesus said, uh, but Jesus told him, no, the scripture says people do not live by bread alone. King James says that uh, the King James said, look, Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone. But of course, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he says it is written. So instead of agreeing with the devil, he agrees with the word. It is written. And this is what you're going to have to do. Instead of agreeing with the enemy, how things are never going to get better, you, you agree with God and say, I have plenty. I have more than enough. My God supplies all of my needs according to his rich and glory by Christ Jesus. You do not want to be like Eve in the very beginning. The enemy tried to convince her and did that God did not say what he said about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said in Genesis 3, verse number 4, he said, you won't die. The enemy accuses God of being a liar. Once Eve saw that, once Eve agreed with that, then she took action and she gave the fruit she ate and gave also with her, uh, her husband that was with her. And of course, they were kicked out of the garden. But notice this. We also do the same thing that she did. The enemy comes to convince you of your condition, of your life. And he says, you'll never get better. And we say, you know what? I'll never get better. And then we get kicked out of our garden of blessings, too. We can't let that happen. We can't let that happen. You have more power in your mouth than you know. You making the decision of your court case right now, you do. You've been summoned into court. Monday morning, when you leave here, you're summoned into court. And the question is, what are you going to say? What you agree with will come to pass in your life. What you agree with, as we're closing, what you agree with will open the door for miracles or open the door for more terrible stuff happening. I know what the world is saying about Jesus, but what are you saying about Jesus? You're going to have this chance again. Now, the more you agree with Christ, the more you'll have heaven on earth. His will will be established in your life. But understand, we've dug some pretty deep ditches with our curses. So give it time. But start now saying the right things, speaking in line with what God says. And you'll have what God says. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word that you've given us today. And Lord, I pray that you have spoken by your spirit and that the word was just so plain that your people could hear and could understand. Lord, I pray that today we would all repent and stop speaking curses over our lives. Stop agreeing with the accuser and start agreeing with you. I pray, Lord, that we'll be consistent in in that time of testing, in that the next court case when the enemy says all terrible things and we, when we think terrible things about ourselves and about our family and about this world, Lord, I pray that we won't speak in line with that, 
but we'll speak with what you are saying about us. Lord, I thank you that in that moment you'll quicken us and we'll begin to say the right things. In Jesus' name. Now, my friends, those of you that are watching and listening from all around the world, we want you to know, of course, that Jesus loves you. And if you've never received the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then now is your moment to do just that. He loves you more than you could ever think or imagine. And the Father has made a way for you to have all of your sins wiped out completely to be taken away. And as the scripture says, you can be holy and blameless in the sight of God. It starts by you repenting of your sins and believing the gospel. Today, you've heard the gospel. Now you have to respond to it. Today, I'll lead you in that prayer of salvation. It's not the prayer that saves you. It is because you believe and receive. Because you repent of your sins and you believe in Jesus. And you allow the Father to change you from the inside out. But let me go ahead and start you off with this prayer today. Are you ready? Let's go ahead and pray. Just repeat after me and just say, Father, I come to you, a sinner, a need of a Savior. I admit that I have sinned. I have done wrong. But I turn from that and I turn to you. I repent and I ask Jesus to come into my life to fill me to make me his. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. Forever seal me and cover me and keep me. Help me to walk right. Help me to pray. Help me to study your word. I'll serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, my friends, now it's time for you to to continue on that road. Continue to repent of your sins. Every day I repent. (laughs) I repent every day. And I pray that you will also repent as well. Because God is always turning us from something. From something. From something. Continue to believe. And I know the Holy Spirit will give you witness in your heart that you are a child of God. Go to our website at kingdomrock.org. There you can find today's video and so many more. Click the contact button and let us know about your decision today. And we'll do anything that we can to help you. We love you guys and we will see you on the next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.